Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Murphy's League. In today's episode we're going to be previewing week 6 of the NFL. Really weird game, or really weird games, excuse me, for this week. Um, some interesting spreads. Don't love a lot of the bets, especially when comparing to last week. But there's a couple I really like, so I'll tell you guys about those. Also, just a lot of really fun games. Want to talk about those, some great storylines. Some teams looking really hot and really surprising. Others, other teams, their records maybe don't imply how good they actually are. So we're going to break down all of that. And then the NBA season is coming up, so I'm going to be talking about my playoff predictions, uh, the seedings of all those teams, obviously it doesn't really matter now, but it's a fun exercise, it's fun to talk about, let me know what you guys think of it, um, really looking forward to getting into this one, so I hope you enjoy it, thank you. Alright guys, so like I mentioned earlier, the NBA season is around the corner, really excited to be covering it for you guys. I covered it a little bit last year, but didn't get too extensively into it. I'm really not sure how much I'm going to cover it this year, but I am going to bring it up from time to time. Obviously, I love the NBA. There's just a lot more games. It's really hard to cover, and it's not exactly my forte. I'm not the best at betting on it. I wouldn't say any of that stuff, but it's really fun to follow. Love the storylines. Love a lot of the teams, players, all that type of good stuff. So let me know what you think about my takes. If you guys think I'm wrong, let me know. Um, I'm always trying to learn more, so really excited to see what you guys think about you know my content for the NBA. But Let's start off with the Western Conference standings. We're going to do the Eastern Conference next. We're going to go 10 to 1. Keep it dramatic for you guys. I have a feeling once we get to the top, you're kind of going to understand what teams are there. But that's besides the point. Let's go again right into the Western Conference standings at number 10. So this is going to include the playing games, just so you know. Thought that might be obvious. I'm not going to go all the way from 15 to 1. I'm just going to go 10 to 1. So all the play-in teams. At number 10 in the Western Conference, I have the Portland Trailblazers. Portland Trailblazers are a team, I mean, they can go a lot of different directions this year. Obviously, a lot of it comes down to Damian Lillard's health. But I mean, beyond that, they've got some they've got some pieces. I like what they've got going in a few ways. Obviously, this team isn't expected to be ultra competitive or anything like that. They're going to regress from years past. But I mean, Anthony Simons is someone who is emerging as a young star in this league. I mean, maybe not star. Obviously, that term gets thrown around a lot. But he really is emerging. A lot of people expect him to continue to make steps forward. Jeremy Grant is someone who I actually really, really like. He was on the Pistons last year. He's a really solid player. Um, more of a 3 and D guy, but he can really do a lot for that team. Um, uh, they have more underrated guys that don't get a lot of credit, Yusuf Nurkic being one of them. Not that he's an elite player or anything like that, but he's above average. And obviously, Damian Lillard just by himself, when he is healthy and on the court, is so valuable to any team. We all know how good he can be. One of the best point guards in the NBA when he is healthy. So hopefully, you know, he can keep himself healthy. I do want to say the NBA is so deep this year. This was really hard to make. Like, there are so many good teams, and even the teams that, you know, are quote-unquote tanking and should be, you know, not as competitive, there's a lot of young pieces that I really like on a lot of those teams, like the Pistons, like the Thunder. Um, it's nothing against those teams, it's just there's so much competition, and obviously we'll get to that, but at number nine, I have the Los Angeles Lakers. So the Lakers are a team that I am not excited about. It is really hard to even say who their third best player is. I actually watched a really good clip about this. Um, I believe it was Bill Simmons talking about the Lakers, and it's like a serious challenge. Who is the Lakers' third best player right now? You want to say Russell Westbrook, but I mean, after the season he just had, you don't really know. There's some people saying that Russell Westbrook is basically being used as a scapegoat, but I mean... 
I just don't like what I'm seeing from this team. Obviously, I wasn't a huge Westbrook fan in the first first place. I didn't like that trade from the get-go. Um, if you know me, you know that's true. I really, I really didn't talk about it that much in this pod. But, I mean, yeah, it's I, it just gives me bad a bad feeling. Obviously, Anthony Davis is going to be a really huge component to all this. Can he stay healthy? We all know how good LeBron can be when he's still on the court, but he's obviously aging. We're not expecting him to be... Not that he's going to be a shell of himself, but we're not expecting to you know, really carry the load of teams. He's just not that player anymore. They really need Anthony Davis to stay healthy. Obviously, some concerning comments over the offseason um, of not touching a basketball since April or whatever it was. I don't remember what the timeline was exactly when he said that quote, but obviously people got concerned there. And then people were making a deal out of uh, Westbrook not coming into the huddle when Patrick Beverly was trying to wave him in. Um, seems like there's still a little bit of you know, intensity and beef between those two. So there, there's a lot of reasons just to be skeptical about this team. Um, never mind the fact what they're going to do with that Westbrook contract. They might be trading in midseason. LeBron can't get traded this year because it's in his contract. But yeah, it's just how far can LeBron take this team? How big of a bounce back can Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook have? That really what it comes down to because, you know, past those three guys, there's not a lot on this team you really want to write home about. And number eight, Again, this is another team that a bunch of different things could happen. It really, again, health becomes a huge question here. I have the New Orleans Pelicans. Of course, a lot of this has to do with Zion Williamson. Um, he's looking good right now. He's playing in the preseason. He's healthy. He sounds like he's feeling good. But that can change really quickly, as sad as it is to say. I mean, it's just a fact. But, I mean, beyond that, their young core is really good. They made the playoffs last year without him. They actually did keep it competitive with the Suns, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> but, I mean... This is a good team. They've got really good parts. Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado, um, Brandon Ingram, obviously. They're, they've got a lot of really young, good pieces there. I think they're obviously their best player when he is playing is Zion Williamson. A lot of it is going to come down to Zion Williamson if he can stay on the court and how consistent he can be when he is playing because his numbers don't lie. When he's playing, he is a damn good basketball player. At number seven, I have the Dallas Mavericks. This is mostly just a Luka cop-out. He, he's going to be an all-NBA player for many years to come. He is one of the best international players to ever touch the court. I mean, he is just... I don't know what else to say besides Luka Doncic. I really like their coaching. I like the adjustments they make. I think that's an underrated part of this team. Obviously, talk, people are talking about Christian Wood being added to the squad. Um, there's still some other parts there that I like. Dinwiddie had a couple really good games last year. They still have a lot of shooters on this team. They can score quickly, so I like that about them. Um... Again, coaching, I think, is something that really gets thrown under the radar with this team. They're a really well-coached team. And then, of course, they have one of the best players in the league in Luka Doncic for all those reasons. They're a seventh seed in my predictions. Number six, this is a team I expect to regress a ton, and I think a lot of people do. This isn't a hot take, I don't think. Uh, my sixth seed is going to be the Phoenix Suns. Just, I think there's something mental about what happened last year that's really going to get to them. I also don't love the DeAndre Ayton situation this offseason, I think some of that has to boil over a little bit. Um, he had a really weird response about it in one of his post-game, or not a post-game, one of his, I think it was, maybe it was like a post-preseason game, now I think about it, um, about the coach, about Monty Williams, how they weren't really talking about it. I love Monty Williams. I love Chris Paul. I, Devin Booker's an incredible player. Um, but I just think there's so many good teams right now. They're going to keep it competitive. I think this team was a little inflated last year in terms of some of their wins. I don't think they're as good as they're coming off to be. Obviously, 
disastrous end to the season, which I think, again, kind of carries over into this season. Um, I expect them to regress, and I got the Suns at the sixth seed. At number five, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves. Minnesota Timberwolves, obviously, were a huge storyline in this offseason, traded for Rudy Gobert, trading away all those picks, taking on, you know, an aging veteran who, yes, many-time defensive player of the year, but a lot of people have criticized him when he's defending outside of the paint. So a lot of controversy there of as to what exactly their thought process was. A lot of people think they lost the hell out of that trade. Um, we'll see. I don't think it was a great trade. Don't get me wrong. I think I reacted to this already. There's somewhere somewhere I'm talking about it, I think. Um, didn't love the trade. Still don't really love the trade. Uh, just so many picks. The NBA trades are getting crazy. It's crazy how many picks you have to get up to get players like this. Like Anthony Davis trade and the Rudy Gobert trade are really just changing everything. I'm going to take a sip of water really quick. But let's get back to this team really quick. I mean, Anthony Edwards is ridiculous. We all know that. This team still has a pretty good young core. There's a lot of stuff to like. Um, obviously, they got rid of some of it with that Gobert trade, which is another reason why. Maybe I'm not as high as them on them as some, and I really like the top four seeds in the West. I really think those are the best four teams. I'm feeling pretty good about that, unless you know injuries occur or whatever. But Minnesota Timberwolves, I mean, Cat, Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert. Those are their three stars. Those three players, I think they're going to play well enough to really elevate them, get them that five seed. And again, there's other teams regressing a little bit, so that helps them out. And number four, have the Los Angeles Clippers. I was super tempted to put them higher than this, but I just need to see it first because, again, injuries, I hate, say, I hate saying it over and over again, but health really does affect, you know, immensely what, you're, what you can do with your season. If this team's healthy, they're going to be one of the best teams in the entire league. They should be. I mean... Yeah, we'll see how they how they roll into the playoffs because if they're healthy, watch out. This team is so damn good. I love this team. I love, I mean, even beyond their top three guys who, of course, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, um, and John Wall, which maybe John Wall isn't their top three guy anymore. Maybe John Wall is not, you know, we haven't seen John Wall in forever, but we haven't seen Kawhi in forever either. So my point is, even beyond that, they have a lot of depth. Like, they are a legitimately good squad. Of course, Ty Lue being their head coach, one of the best head coaches in the league, highly respected for a good reason. Uh, they got ownership that's willing to spend a fucking ridiculous amount of money. They're the richest owners in the NBA. Um, I mean, but they just have some hoopers. Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard. I mean, you can keep going and going. Like, they just have ball players. Norman Powell's still there. Robert Covington's still there. Like, this is a damn good team. They're damn well coached. They're going to be really competitive in the West. And I, again, would not be surprised if they, when it's all said and done, if they're healthy, if they finish with the one seed. Not saying they're going to, but wouldn't be surprised. Number three, I have the Memphis Grizzlies. I have to give them the benefit of the doubt. They tore it up last year. John Morant was a serious MVP candidate. They're really young. They're only getting better. I just don't see a way where this team isn't this high at the end of the year, this high in the, like, what's the in this conversation i guess is what i'm trying to say by the time the end of the year rolls around memphis grizzlies lot to look forward to really damn good basketball team i have them as my number three seed i do need to speed this up a little bit because at this pace this pod is going to take forever number two denver nuggets again don't know what else to say jamal murray coming back from injury hopefully he can bounce back fully i'm kind of expecting him to that's why i have him this high michael porter jr Hopefully he can fight back through injuries, and we all know how good he can be when he's playing. And then they have the MVP uh, in Nikolai Jokic, so we all know how good this team can be. Number one, I mean, the champions, Warriors, what else do I have to say? Like, seriously, you guys all know how good they can be. We all know how good they should be. Um, obviously, Draymond's situation going on right now, that was really ugly. Really quickly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this into a little something. 
I didn't, I heard about that story and I, was, I completely brushed it off. Like, I was like, no big deal. Like, teammates get into fights. Like, Draymond punched pool. Like, a punch, yeah, that's pretty bad, but like, it's just whatever. And then the video came out <laughs> and I realized I sounded like a total dumbass. That was bad. You cannot do that. He legitimately rocked him. I don't care what you're saying to him. You're not expecting your teammate to try and take you out. You're jeopardizing a guy for. I don't care what he said. Like, obviously, if it's, it's a, like, I'm not expecting Jordan Poole to say something about, like, Draymond's mom, you know, something like that. That's, like, the only way I can ever think in my head that might be warranted, but I just don't see how that's a situation that happened. So I just want to say that really quick. Just get that out of the air. That was, yeah, that was fucking ugly, and nothing like that should ever be happening out of practice with teammates. Up next, the Eastern Conference, number 10, I have the New York Knicks. Now, I can see the New York Knicks not making the play-in at all. Uh, I see the team, a version of this team where they just fall apart. But, I mean, I legitimately do like some of their pieces. Obviously, Jalen Brunson has been the, the offseason story. He is now there. Uh, who knows how much he can shine now that he's really by himself. But, I mean, I st I'm still an R.J. Barrett believer. I really think, especially in the paint and driving to the basket, he is so damn efficient. If he can just get his shooting up a little bit more. I mean, they have pieces, right? They're... There are reasons to like this New York's New York Knicks team, pardon, but the East is just loaded, so they barely make the play-in at a 10 seed. This is an awesome storyline, I hope this happens. Number 9, I have the Atlanta Hawks. Some of you might be yelling at me right now because this is pretty low on them. Um, and yeah, you might be fully granted to say that. This is a more guard-oriented league, and they have one of the best guard young guard tendons in the league right now. But I just... I'm going back to it. There's so much depth in the East right now and a little bit of bias because I do have Chicago at eight. I'll spoil that right now. So, but I mean, I just can't picture, I think all these teams above them, maybe except Chicago. I know that's biased, but just let me have it. I don't fucking care. I'm a, just let me have it beyond that. I seriously can't see how they are better than the teams above them. And I think they're just better coached. I think it's just, there's a lot of reasons, and I'll get to those reasons, but I really just don't see a world where these teams are better. So, Atlanta Hawks at nine, obviously, DeJounte Murray, a big storyline this offseason, but I didn't love the trade, like, when it happened. A lot of people did, a lot of people really did, but, I mean, I just think it was too much for the margin of they're going to improve. Like, they're still, in my eyes, fighting for, you know, a play-in game. So, don't like that for all they had to give up. Just, I know, some of you guys are probably super mad about this. I'm sorry. Number eight, Chicago. Look, look, look. Let me just, let me have it. Look, they're going to regress. I'm not an idiot. DeMar DeRozan had his, literally, like, the best year of his career at age 32 or whatever. He was so salty about not going to the Lakers. He had that chip on his shoulder. That's not going to happen again. He's not going to have all this clutch buzzer beaters. Lonzo Ball is still unhealthy, and that is a really, seriously, like, huge loss. I don't think people realize how important Lonzo was to this team and why we were so successful in the first half of the season last year. Lonzo was crazy good on defense. He's one of the best playmakers in the league. Okay, that's an exaggeration, but he's a really damn good playmaker. He is legitimately one of the best three-point shooters in the league. You can look that up. I swear I'm not making that up. Um, he doesn't shoot a lot, but he's damn efficient when he does. And... I am a little worried about Zach Levine's health. Now, I think Zach Levine's a superstar. I think we need more boards. I like that we got Andre Drummond for that. He's going to help a lot in that regard. Um, 
I still like our pieces as far as Dusumu and Alex Caruso. Those guys offer good depth. Kobe White is still improving. Obviously, if Patrick Williams takes a step forward, which we've kind of been expecting him to do for a couple years now. I mean, he's been solid, but he really hasn't taken that next step, if you know what I mean. If he can do that, this team is going to be dynamic. Uh, I truly think he's an X factor in this team. And there's still a lot of pieces to like. I mean, they have talent, and they've got some depth. I think people are sleeping on Javante Green makes some plays every now and then. I mean, there's there's things to like, but we just need to improve, especially our offensive rebounds. It seems like we never get our own boards. Uh, Booch needs to be a little... He's good at the stretch five role, but he I think he needs to be a little more physical in the paint, which really isn't his game. But those are the things that really concern me about this team. But I still think this is a competitive team. I still think they're well coached. I like Billy Donovan a lot. I like how they play defensively. Obviously, it hurts that Alonzo's not there, but... Caruso's clamps. Patrick Williams can be clamps. Um, really like those guys. And they can be a good shooting team on good nights. At number seven, Toronto Raptors. This is, again, just a young team developing really well. Love what they have. Um, Fred Van Fleet is a great leader for this team. It's not a lot of his you know, contributions don't really show up on the stat sheet. We all know how good Pascal Siakam is. OG really damn good young player they've got a lot of things i really like um scotty barnes of course can't leave this conversation without mentioning his name he is really damn good offensive rookie of the year last year um oh wait just rookie of the year there's no there's no offensive or defensive rookie that is this is not football jack um <laughs> sorry making myself laugh um i'm i swear i'm not crazy but yeah lots of like for the raptors have them at the number seven seed don't think i have to say a lot much Less else about that. At number six, I have the Heat. The Heat, I just got to respect him. First off, Eric Spolstra. We all know how ridiculously good of a coach he is. They still have a lot of pieces. They've done it before. We've seen him do it before. Uh, yes, they're aging. I think they're going to regress a little bit. Kyle, Kyler, whoa. Kyle Lowry, excuse me. And Victor Oladipo are two guys I don't trust too much <laughs> but i mean i love jimmy butler i love bam Adebayo, tyler hero young star in this league um and eric spolstra so that's really what it comes down to defensively they can really hold you down they had two undrafted guys by the way one of them was a gaucho so that shit's sick two undrafted guys starting last year in the playoffs and they were keeping it competitive with the team that ended up being in the finals so got to give them the benefit of the doubt in that regard number five i have brooklyn now, again, this is a team that could finish a lot lower. This is a team that could finish a lot higher. This was easily one of the hardest teams to evaluate when going through this. But, I mean, their talent is there. When they're there, they're there. The one thing I'm worried about is this team just not being bought in. So much offseason noise, you don't really love to hear that. Uh, obviously, it was between their two best players. So, I mean, not between them, but between their two best players in the team is, I guess, what I'm trying to say. So, obviously, don't love that. Don't really want to hear that coming into the season. But, I mean, Ben Simmons has been playing weirdly well in the preseason <laughs> and this team is just too damn talented to have them any lower than this if they're all on the court and playing together number four i have cleveland this is a lot higher than some other people but i'm really bought in on this whole thing going on in cleveland i think this is a damn good basketball i mean they have a lot they've got really good shooting they've got really good playmakers um their backcourt sure you can argue their defense isn't really gonna do him any favors there donovan mitchell darius garland not known for the defense kind of undersized guards but hey if donovan mitchell can just try a little harder he's got the components he's athletic he's got like a fucking seven foot wingspan i'm sorry he's not the tallest guy but like 
there's a couple times in Utah where he just like looks like he wasn't even out there like trying. So I hope they coach him up a little bit more in that regard. I think they will because they're a really well coached defensive team as a whole. And I just love their young pieces. Like they have so much to look forward to. If you're a Cleveland fan, you have to be rooting for LeBron to come back because if he does, this team is fucking stacked. Like I'm telling you, this team is damn good. I think they're going to be a four seed this upcoming year. And number three, again, kind of have to give them the benefit of the doubt because they were just in the finals. The Celtics, um, the Emu Doka situation, little little weird. I feel like that might affect this team a little bit. Um, obviously, they might have a little bit of a. I think it might kind of go similar to last year where they start a little slow, get hot at the end of the year. There's a little bit of a hangover from winning the champion, or sorry, from losing the championship. <laughs> My bad. Um, but I mean, this is still a damn good team. They've got all their really main components back. Um, all the pieces they really made it to the finals are still there. Robert Williams, I think, is going to miss a little time, but I'm not too worried about that. And number two, the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, again, this team just has it all. And if they could just keep it together, stay healthy, Joel Embiid's going to get beat up every now and then because he's Joel Embiid. That shit happens. But, I mean, if James Harden can just shoot. Like, last that, that last playoff series, he wasn't even fucking shooting the ball. Like, yeah, he wasn't even playing well and his numbers were down, but, like, he wasn't even trying to get his numbers up. It was really bizarre um and i think he's, he's been playing pretty well this preseason not that that means a whole lot but i i, I am pretty bought in the 76ers thing um if he can just improve a little bit he's never going to be the old rockets james harden mvp james harden all that but i mean he's still there he's still got the talent and we all know how good joel Embiid, joel Embiid is i love what they can do defensively with thibault and um Embiid, and i'm forgetting a player but it's all good. Obviously, Tyrese Maxey a little bit undersized, but he's a damn good finisher, especially around the rim for his size. It's really surprising. So, second seed, 76ers. Number one, Milwaukee Bucks. Got to give it to the Greek God. I still think this roster is ridiculous. Their defense is ridiculous. Chris Middleton's going to be back healthy. Love how they're coached. Um, and they have Giannis. What else do I need to say? Number one, Milwaukee Bucks. I'm going to take a short break right now, and then I'm going to come back at you guys with my best games of the weekend and some best bets. Be right back. All right, everyone, I'm back. We're going to get into my best bets and best games for the NFL Week 6. A lot of really fun games, not a lot of really good bets. Let's start off with Thursday Night Football. The Washington Commanders are visiting the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. This game opened as a pick 'em. It's now one point in favor of the Commanders. I thought it was one point in favor, of the, or two points in favor of the Bears. Completely read the, read the line wrong. My fault, guys. But... I really don't have a solid reason, except my bias. I hope we don't lose to Washington. Um, give me the Bears. <laughs> I don't care. I think it's going to be a really ugly game. I think Vegas knows that. The over-under is currently at 38. I don't know if I'd bet on any of this game. There's a couple props that are kind of tempting. I like Justin Fields over 42.5 rushing yards. Um, there's a couple other ones, like Cole Komet's over on the receiving yards was kind of looking good. Um, a sleeper bet is Travis Gibson plus 240 to get a sack. Really like that one. That Washington O-line is fucked. They are beat up really, really bad. Down a lot of guys. As a whole, they're missing a few of their guys. William Jackson's not gonna good, not good to go in this one. Their past defense has been struggling outside of Cameron Curl. I think Justin Fields finds ways to build momentum off of last week, hopefully. Um, think, I don't think the weather's really a factor in this game, although I haven't really looked into it. I just haven't heard anything about it, so I'm... Assuming it's not. Um, Carson Wentz, obviously, we know how bad he's been playing. We know how bad this offense has looked as a whole outside of their weapons. Jahan Dotson, one of the standout players in this offense, isn't good to go in this one. Jalen Johnson, the corner for the Bears, although he's not having the best season before he got injured, um, they're going to line him up against Terry McLaurin. Hopefully, he can do some damage there. Kyler Gordon, a guy that has been struggling. But, I mean, 
Curtis Samuel will probably be lined up against him. Um, he's been playing a lot of the nickel defense or nickel in this defense. Uh, either way, I don't really have a solid reason. Just give me the Bears. This Washington offense looked abysmal. Not that the Bears have looked much better, but I think Justin Fields just keeps some momentum going, finds a way to win at home on Thursday Night Football. Go Bears. Up next, this is honestly my favorite bet of the week and one of the ones I'm only putting big money on. Um, and by big money, I, it's really not that big of money, but more than the rest of my bets. San Francisco is playing in Atlanta in that it's basically a dome. It's a stadium that like the roof can open and shut, but it's basically indoors. Um, I think they're going to find ways to run up the score. I really think they're going to find success against this Atlanta team. San Francisco really seems to be coming into its stride, even with all the injuries, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They have a lot of players stepping up and making plays for him. Obviously, Ufunga being the biggest out of all of them. He's playing both safety positions. He's making plays around the line of scrimmage. He's ball hawking. He's really damn good. He can cover almost anyone in the field. Um, really impressed with what I've been seeing him on tape watched a lot of his film he is dynamic he is a serious steal for this Niners team um excuse me another tempting bet so the spread I don't even think I said this the spread is at five and a half in favor of the San Francisco 49ers really like to take that one there I think they're gonna find I think their offense is just gonna keep clicking in this one I really think they're gonna find ways to just move people in the line of scrimmage get their run game going I think Jimmy G is just gonna protect the ball rely on his playmakers as he does every week and I think they're gonna find a way to just pull away from this game I think Atlanta's gonna Atlanta's one of those teams that just finds ways to make garbage time touchdowns I think they'll keep it decently competitive but it'll always be you know, a San Francisco-led game. I think they're going to pull away. And for those reasons, I also really like the over. That's only at 44.5 right now. That just feels like two little points for both of these teams that... I mean, yeah, Atlanta's not a great team, but they've got weapons that you really can't handle. Kyle Pitts should be back in this one. Drake London, an absolute... Those two guys are just mismatches, and Marcus Mariota can make plays with his legs when the pocket collapses. He hasn't been terrible this year. Um, their run game has been pretty impressive i've liked what their offensive line have done in a lot of ways they haven't faced a front like the niners yet but i think they'll find ways to put up some points on the board for those reasons i like the over at 44 and a half in this one up next the cincinnati Bengals are visiting the new orleans saints joe burrow and jamar chase going back down to louisiana uh, they are currently one and a half point favorites over new orleans i really like that as well i'm mostly just taking their money line though i really think they're going to find a way to win this game i think they need a win desperately the saints team is hungry for one too but this Bengals team they know they're competitors they know they need to win bad t higgins should be back in this one he missed last week obviously i think he started the game but got injured pretty early on i think he's going to be good to go in this one um obviously marshall and latimer jamar chase is going to be a really exciting matchup to watch this Bengals defense is continuing to just be so underrated they do a lot of things really really well i loved how they played lamar last week i think they're going to scheme up similar plays when Taysom hill is on the field i think they're just going to find ways to contain and bend and not break um they're really underrated against the run which i think is going to find ways to slow down alvin Kamara. the rest of the offense might suffer a little bit from it uh, hopefully Chris Olave is good to go in this one. I don't really know what the status is on that one. I probably should have looked that up because he did suffer a concussion last week. And obviously we know how I'm going to look it up right now. We know how safe the NFL it wants to be about concussions now after the um, Tua situation. So it sounds like he's progressing through concussion protocol. Um, 
so just keep a close eye on that. That could be a big difference in this game. But either way, I still think the Bengals find a way to win this one. Um, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase going back to Louisiana. Obviously an emotional game for them. Going back to Mercedes-Benz Stadium where they had success before. Um, I really like them to win this game. I think they're the better team at the end of the day. I am a little bit concerned about this Bengals offensive line. It still has not been playing great. Leal Collins has really been letting them down so far. He's not having a good season at all. Um, and while I'm on this topic, I think this could be a fairly high-scoring game. I think Andy Dalton's going to be the starter in this one, and I really like it for the Saints if they do. He's playing pretty well, actually. Um, they don't have too many weapons. Michael Thomas a little bit beat up. Obviously, Chris Olave is something to monitor. I think my opinions would change greatly about this over. If Chris Olave is playing, I th I'd like it a lot more, so keep a close eye on that. But it's currently at 44 points. Definitely something to track, and I do like that over as of right now but definitely something to just keep track of maybe don't buy it immediately maybe check if chris Olave is playing then lock it in up next the baltimore ravens are going to the new york giants the new york giants one of those teams that's really surprising people this year i talked about it in last week's episode they're really impressive brian dayball is making a name for himself in the coaching community a lot of risky play calls last week but they paid off talked about that in my last episode too uh baltimore a team that again keeps finding a way to win you could argue they should be 5-0 and um lamar playing like like lamar he is ridiculous one of the best offensive players in the league um the giants are they due to come back down to earth a little bit i think vegas is predicting that with the six point spread feeling like a lot of points um i think a lot of people will be taking the giants in this one i would stay away from the betting in this one entirely but it's going to be a really interesting game to see. Can the Giants continue their hot streak? I think it's going to be an interesting matchup in a lot of ways because it's going to be... I don't think there's anything like particularly well the Giants are doing right now. They're just finding ways to win. Obviously, Saquon Barkley having an amazing season. A lot of their weapons are beat up. I think the Ravens are going to find a way to win this one. I don't know if it's going to be more than, but more than six points. It could be a pretty low-scoring game in this one, but I think the over-under reflects that. Um, I don't remember exactly what it is, but I remember if, if I didn't write it down, then I probably didn't love it in the first place. So going to be a really interesting game to see. Just a really interesting matchup. Uh, the over-under is currently at 45 points. So if anything, I kind of do like that under in this one. But again, I don't know if I'd go near that. Um, both these teams can move the ball effectively. They can run the ball effectively. They like to chew clock and control the game. Um, I think Daniel Jones just probably makes a few too many mistakes in this one this Ravens secondary is still really damn good yes they blew a couple games but i still think they're really damn good love me some marlon humphrey a big marlon humphrey guy um marcus peters still a really good cornerback in this league still a lot to like there marcus williams having a great season at safety so for all those reasons i think baltimore finds a way to win and never mind i think brian dayball's coaching might come back down to earth a little bit john harbaugh john harbaugh is an amazing coach up next, got to talk about this game. The Bills are going to Kansas City and playing the Chiefs. It's going to be an incredible game, a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game and that absolute amazing playoff game. One of the best games we've ever seen. The over This is the highest over under the week at 54 and a half points, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double check that really quickly. Um, it's some 54. So, so yeah, I can see why you'd be buying that over, but I think both these defenses are really going to prove a point to try and slow down these offenses. We have seen the Chiefs offense slow, stall out at times, as well as the Bills offense, to be completely fair. It happened in the Ravens game, and then it happened last week against the Raiders for the Chiefs' sake. Um, the Bills playing the Ravens, Chiefs playing the Raiders. I don't know if that made sense, but it made sense in my head. 
Anyways, the Chiefs are two and a half point home underdogs in this one. I think it's the first time Patrick Mahomes is making a start at home and he's the underdog. That's an absolute crazy fucking stat. I saw that today. Um, but I mean, this is a must-watch game. It's going to be so fun. I cannot wait for this game. Like, I, there's so many different things I can talk about, but I'm just, it, I'm just. One, how is Kansas City's O-line going to hold up against this pass rush absolute rotation of the Buffalo Bills? They have many players that can get after the passer. They can keep their guys fresh. They run like seven or eight deep on that defensive line. How are the Kansas City Chiefs going to handle that? How are the Kansas City Chiefs going to handle the Buffalo Bills passing offense? Obviously, they've got a really complex scheme, but they've got some young players in the secondary. They're prone to mistakes. Brian Cook didn't have a great game last week against the Raiders. Um... Can we see some really big plays from Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs again like we did last year? Uh, is Kansas City going to match that? Are they going to completely air it out? Are they going to do more of what they did last year against the Raiders where they're not relying too much on big plays and just more death by a million paper cuts just waiting until you make mistakes? Um because they can do that. They can win in absolutely any way. Both these teams can win in absolutely any way. I think a lot of this is going to come down to which team's run game is going to play better and which offensive line is going to control the line of scrimmage better uh, because both of these teams want to keep each quarterback on the sideline watching the scoreboard and not throwing the ball. So it's going to be a really interesting game to see. Um, could be a lot of points scored in this one, obviously reflective of the over-under at 54. I think if anything, I'd take this over. But again, I don't know... If I like betting on this game, I think the value bet is just taking the Chiefs because obviously home underdogs, that really never happens for the Chiefs. There's a reason for that. But this Buffalo Bills team, obviously on a mission, wants to make a statement in this game. This game is going to mean so much to them. Not that it's going to mean nothing to the Chiefs, but, you know, we've all been saying it. This feels like the Bills year. They feel like the best team or maybe second best team in the league if you want to, you know, put the Eagles in there. But it's just... I don't know. I'm staying away from betting. I'm just watching this game as a fan, and I'm so excited to see what happens in this one. Up next, the Cowboys are visiting the Eagles. The spread is currently at six points in favor of the Eagles, and I've got to say, that feels like too many points to me. It's a divisional game. These teams still know each other very well. I think Dan Quinn is such an amazing defensive coordinator. He's going to find ways to slow down Jalen Hurts. I am concerned about the weapons on the perimeter with this Cowboys secondary. I think that is one of their weaker parts of this team i think their front seven is elite but this secondary does concern me a little bit obviously trayvon diggs very much all or nothing type cornerback if he has an all game and he gets you know really good coverage on aj brown which i think is immensely hard to do but if he happens to do that i think the cowboys definitely cover and i think they even have a chance of winning this football game but if he has a nothing game and he gets burned a couple times i would be a little more nervous about this one but i do think this cowboys defensive line is good enough and i just trust this defense as a whole i trust dan quinn i think they're going to keep it competitive if the Cardinals, even in their own building, can keep it within three points and really look like they have a chance at the end of it. I think the Cowboys keep it close. They're, again, it's a conference team. They know each other very well. I expect Cooper Rush to come back down to earth against this team because this defense is really good. James Bradbury, Darius Slight, looking like the best corner tandem in the whole league. They're, those two guys are playing out of their minds right now. But I think the Cowboys just find enough to just keep it low scoring. I really think this is going to be a low scoring, ugly game. And again, the over-under is reflective of that, 42. I still am tempted to take the under in that one. I'm not going to call it a best bet or anything, but it's definitely something I'd be eyeing. And I like the Cowboys a lot to keep within six points. It just feels like too many points for me for how good this defense is playing and how well these teams know each other. I think Jalen Hurts is playing really, really well, but I just see a world where the Cowboys just stall them out a little bit keep it close and just grind the football out on offense find ways to just keep hold on to the ball maybe not score the most points but just drain the clock keep it close 
So, really like the Cowboys, six points there. Up next, we have the Jaguars visiting the Colts. The Colts are a team that somehow still second in the division. The Jaguars somehow kind of what we expected them to be after absolutely blowing out the Chargers just a few weeks ago. They lost in a doozy to the Houston Texans. Just a really fucking ugly game. Um, but the Jags do seem to have the Colts number, especially, obviously, we saw a lot earlier this year, excuse me. It was a month ago, I believe. I think it was week two, if I'm not mistaken. Obviously, we're at week six now, so a month ago. Um, the Jaguars did shut out the Colts. I The Colts are favored in this one, which is kind of surprising to me. I think that's only because the Colts are in their building, and Jonathan Taylor is going to be back in this one, but I really don't care. I, I, I do like the Jags in this one. Uh, it sounds weird, but I just I haven't been impressed at all what I've seen from this Colts team. They have their moments. They have some splash players. Stephon Gilmore has really been playing pretty well for them. He shined in that Thursday night game against the Denver Broncos. But I think the Jaguars just find a way to win this one. Um, I love what Doug Peterson schemes up each and every single week. Trevor Lawrence is very much up and down this season, but when he's been good, he's been really damn good. Um, James Robinson really likes what I've seen from him. And, of course, this defense. You got to talk about that. Devin Lloyd, amazing rookie player. Was so high on him coming into the draft. You guys probably remember me talking about him. I absolutely adored him. One of my favorite prospects. Honestly, in recent years, fucking amazing player. He's been balling. Trayvon Walker doing his thing. Uh, been kind of quiet, but started the year really well. Uh, and they have a lot of other players on that defense that are, you know, getting passed up. Tyson Campbell started the year really well. Kind of fell off a little bit, but still a really good talent. Um few other guys there that you know deserve a mention but for all those reasons i just i, I don't know i just i was kind of surprised my gut wants to tell me to go to the jaguars i'm not going to call my best bets or anything um again i really don't have many best bets this week i really like san francisco covering i really like that over i like the cowboys covering i like cincinnati money line and i like the over in that game but there's nothing i absolutely love again this is one of those things i like the jags in this game i think they match up well with the colts i think they play the colts really hard um but it's not necessarily a lock or anything not that you know you can't really use that word there's no such thing as a lock up next we have the Cardinals visiting the Seahawks, one of the hardest places to play in the league. The Seahawks keep it really loud there. The Seahawks are three-point underdogs in this one. Again, this is another line surprised me. I like this one more than the Jags-Colts. I really like the Hawks in this one just because the, the, the spread's at three. It's great plus money. I really like the Seahawks in this one. Geno Smith, obviously playing really goddamn well. I thought he was going to regress a little bit last week against the Saints and that the Saints were going to win this game, that game. The Saints did end up winning the game, but Geno Smith, it was in no shortage of him. He played absolutely incredible in that game, continues to have a really good season. They've got tons of weapons, and they feel like these guys are really bought in, trying to prove that the, to the rest of the league that they should not be slept on and they can keep it competitive with anyone. They wins Their wins have not been flukes. I think they're really trying to show that. And the Cardinals are just they're one week away from DeAndre Hopkins and I think they're going to vastly improve once he's there but I just really haven't liked what I've seen from this team it's been really ugly at times um it's way too Kyler Murray reliant way too Marquise Brown reliant now their running backs are beat up defensively there's just not a lot to write home about I think Zach Allen's having a pretty good year uh batting a lot of balls weirdly at the line of scrimmage not getting a ton of pressure or sacks but just batting a shit ton of balls which does make a difference um but I just with how Geno Smith is playing with these weapons uh Kenneth Walker taking over the backfield with Rashad Penny going down obviously never love to see injuries but Kenneth Walker my running back one in this draft this last year's draft I think he's like my 1A to Brees Hall 1B. Um, I think I cheated in that way a little bit. But <laughs> nevertheless, this is 
a good team. They're going, or maybe not good, but this is a competitive-ass team. Geno Smith playing out his mind. Really good weapons, good offensive line um, that's going to be able to slow down that Cardinals D-line. And for all those reasons, I really like the Hawks winning this one at home. Take their money line. Really like that one. Up next, Broncos at Chargers Monday Night Football. Why the fuck do the Broncos keep getting primetime games? This is like their fourth primetime game. We're like six weeks into the season. It's so goddamn annoying. I don't want to watch Russell, Russell Wilson anymore in primetime. He's the ratings, I'm sure, are fucked because of it. I'm sure the NFL is regretting that they made Russell Wilson all these primetime games because, again, I expect this to be another ugly game. It is in L.A. They're favored by five and a half points. I feel like that is all fair with how disgustingly bad the Broncos have looked. But look, the Broncos low-key have the Chargers number. Um, obviously, they split last year, but that game in Denver where they lost was really damn ugly. Um I fucking, I don't know what to expect from this team. I really don't. Like, I, I don't know what else much else to say besides that. And the Chargers, I just do not trust their head coach. I think they make a lot of bad decisions in crunch time. Um, but I still love what they've got going offensively. Um, I love this Denver defense. I think there's a lot to write home about. Obviously, Baron Browning breaking out in Randy Gregory's absence. Fucking, you love to see that if you're a Broncos fan, someone going down and just another player stepping up and being even more impactful than him, who was off to a really good start, by the way. It's not like Randy Gregory wasn't playing well. Bradley Chubb, love him. Really, really damn good football player. Patrick Sertan, seriously one of the best cornerbacks in the league right now. Um, but I mean, they've got a bunch of injuries. They've got Garrett Bowles going down. They've got, excuse me, uh, Justin Simmons is coming back this year, but Bradley Roby's out for the season. Javante Williams out. Melvin Gordon's going to be their lead guy. Don't know how much you can trust him with the rock. He f seems to have a fumbling problem. Um, so again, not really a game I love to bet on. I just wouldn't really go near it because the Chargers are a really weird team and they tend to disappoint as much as it hurts me to say that because I think they're a damn good football team and I think they still can be really competitive. I think the Chargers are going to win this game, but it's not necessarily plus money. It's The odds are obviously stacked for them to win um so i'm just gonna stay away from this game betting but gonna be an interesting game can the broncos pull themselves to get together a little bit and can they just make it not so fucking ugly gonna be really curious to see that so that's all i got for you guys this week i hope you enjoyed this episode a little bit of a longer one than usual <laughs> sorry about that but i hope you enjoyed the nba content if you did let me know by just hitting me up message me whatever follow my instagram at murphy's league share this podcast with your friends and family i appreciate each and every single one of you and have a great day peace out